2: To Alex McCarthy's Wrestling Daily Friday Night Insight. And my word, we have Wrestle Talk Royalty. You've seen it. You've seen the gold. You've seen the hardware. Jam that champion. Pete Cornell is in the house. Q-tip chopper. I don't give a damn what you call him, but the man
1: is a champion. Peter, how are you? I'm all right, mate. Thank you very much for that lovely intro. I am indeed your Jam that champion. I'm very excited to be on Wrestling Daily. It's the first time I've been—I've made an appearance, apart from an unofficial one when I just kind of hopped in at the, f- the very end of a stream and cut a promo on SP3 and sat. <laughs> that was quite fun. Um, <laughs> but now I've got an official appearance. Somehow you've asked me back. Uh, wow. So yeah, so now I'm on as an actual as an actual official guest, and I'm very excited to impart my boundless wisdom upon everyone. It's going to be great. Well, people may or may not know that you are
2: essentially the godfather. Of Wrestling Daily, Uh, you know, sitting at your table, granting wishes on your daughter's wedding day. I don't know how that (laughs) happened, but you (laughs) grant wishes and I am the recipient of such wishes. So we all thank you here at Wrestling Daily for your wonderful work behind the scenes, Peter. But there will be no behind the scenes today. It is front and centre. We're talking news. We're talking upcoming stuff. We might even, in fact, we will because I'm definitely going to make time for it. Get into Louis Dan Hall of Fame bad takes. That's right. I've compiled a list. That's how bad his takes are. Um, God. You know what inspired me was to see him get lit up by... uh, several fan bases yesterday on Twitter. Did you see this, Pete? Of course you did. I've I've seen a
1: couple. Yeah. I don't know if there's several. I definitely saw one or two. I saw him getting, there were, um, he annoyed Sasha Banks fans and he annoyed Bailey fans and maybe Charlotte fans. No, he was defending Charlotte. It was anti-Charlotte people that he also annoyed the same- yeah it was a lot of people
2: I-, I think he defended Charlotte so poorly that he annoyed yeah. Charlotte's fans <laughs> oh nice yeah, was- yeah I think it was just a slew of hate uh coming Louis' way the boy Amazing. doesn't mean it but we are gonna get into <laughs> it's gonna be fun dissecting Louis' okay. takes we will we will revisit did he deserve all of the stick at the time uh, I could give you a spoiler, but uh, I shall not. Anyway, uh, as you know, we like to do around here some housekeeping first and foremost, especially because Pete's watching me. I need you guys to give us the thumbs up and subscribe if you're here watching this video. Whether you're joining us live, whether you're coming along for the ride later on, please make your way to that subscribe button we want to get up to as you can see i always do the opposite it's 12 and a half thousand is the next goal i'm so bad you were right the first time yeah i know 12 and a half thousand is what we're leaning towards we're on 12k right now and of course if we hit 15 it is the magical war games and we all want that we'll be on different sides of the of the set pete will we not i know
1: I know. I, I don't know where I'm going to stand. It'll be like conflicting, It'll be like a conflict of interest. And I don't even know who we're going to have on Wrestling Daily because now we've got Sat and we've got like Louis might come back for walking. Mm. I don't know. I don't know. It's going to be an interesting one. But we'll find out once we get to 15K subs.
2: And you'll see here Lizzie Stallion says,
1: Did Louis deserve it?
2: In one word,
1: yes. I bring yes. up Lizzie because
2: you can see the cool logo. Next to her name. Yes, that's right. Mm -hmm. You can become a member of the Wrestling Daily family, La Familia, as I never say, but I have tonight. Come and join us. Uh, You can do so. The descriptions in the video, there is also a little bit next to the video. That means you can come be a part of the team. If you do that, you have a series of emotes that you can use that many do throughout the chat. Um, Surprise, surprise. When Goldberg came up the other day, my angry a moat made an appearance who the thunk it. Uh, uh excuse me. Uh, oh Jesus. You're <laughs> right there, mate. Who's who's poisoning the jump damn that champion?
1: Who's doing it? Who's coming for the throne, Pete? <laughs> who's done this? Here's a top tip for everyone. <clears throat> if you're trying to have a drink, don't inhale it. It's just straight out there. <clears throat> <clears throat> throat> excuse throat> me.
2: As Carol one's rowcroft says, um, partner of CM Chris the the lovely couple of wrestling daily uh, green name club represent that's right you guys get involved um, uh, there we go look and there's a lot of different emotes in the live chat the live chat is a lovely place come become a member and get involved and enjoy it to the maximum we welcome you uh, with that Pete shall we get off some titular news mm, let's 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 digress Uh <laughs> I'm going to jump right in here, and then I'll let you take the floor, Peter. Mm. Uh, We have obviously done a lot of talking the past few days about CM Punk and Daniel Bryan. Dominating headlines, Mm. rightly so. Looks like they're heading to AEW. What could WWE possibly do to counter such a wave of momentum in AEW? Well, according to Dave Meltzer, the answer would be bringing back Braun Strowman, Pete.
1: I mean God, I have some thoughts. Um, okay. So not only have AEW got potentially Daniel Bryan and CM Punk, like we've been talking about for this whole week, they've also mm-hmm. recently got Andrade. They also recently got Malachi Black. They're getting a lot of new people in. And just the addition of extra people on, like, this week's show, you had Chavo Guerrero coming in. You know, they, they've got a lot of people joining that brand and making that, like, a, a much more fleshed-out and full brand with a lot of recognizable names that, like, casual fans will be and Just be like, hey, I remember that guy from back in the day. It's, that it's these it's these kind of names that will get people in the door, and it's the rest of the content that AEW do that's so good that it's going to keep people around. So to, to counter that... WWE want to have Braun Strowman back. Okay, let's break this down because Braun Strowman was released in June mm-hmm. um, as part of uh, the, I think it was the second round of releases. Maybe it was the first in June. I've lost track. There's too many of these things now. Um, was the first? Yeah. It was the first ones. And mm-hmm. so he was uh, with Black and Murphy as part of that. Lot and Ruby Riot was in that one as well, I believe. Correct. Correct. Um, so now WWE have realized that they want to have Braun Strowman back because, specifically because, it says in the newsletter as well, according to to Meltzer, because they've realized that AEW's getting in a lot of big signings. So, to me, that says that they realize that Braun Strowman is a big name, and is someone that will bring them, you know, money or views, or whatever it may be, right? Whatever they're looking for. Braun's a big name. Why did you release him then? Like I don't... I, I cannot see the logic. It's like WWE have literally just gone... Man, why does my foot really hurt? Wait, why am I holding this gun? Like, they've completely shot themselves in the foot, and they, they're only now just realizing it with these releases. Like, I I literally cannot fathom Like On paper, bringing Braun Strowman back, sure, probably a good idea. He's one of the bigger names that got released. A lot of WWE casuals are probably big fans of his. You know, bring back the train noises, choo-choo and everything, but I'm sure people will love it. I won't, but I'm sure people will. Um... I'm sure it'd probably be a good move for them in the long run. And to counter these names that go into AEW, I don't understand how they got into this position in the first place of releasing a big name and then going, Oh man, we could do with some big names. Let's get him back. Like uh, what? It's just baffling. I, I don't understand how you can see like all the big names that you've got. And granted, I know WWE is a massive company and you've got different levels to it and you've got people on Raw and SmackDown. You've got an NXT roster. You've got people that are just at the performance center, just straight developmental talent that, that supposedly they want to invest in the future and then put them on Raw and make them lose in two minutes to Jeff Hardy. You know, hey now. hey now, Jeff Hardy. Come on. Hey, me and you are going to disagree on Jeff Hardy, Alex. i um, But, you know, supposedly they want to invest in the future. That's why they've got this whole infrastructure. That's why they have so many wrestlers on their roster and stuff like that. I don't get how you can look at Braun Strowman, who's probably out of that, according to like, you know, uh, revenue uh, from like merch sales and stuff like that. And probably people who are fans of his and people who tune in to see Braun Strowman. He's maybe in like the top 5% of people that were on the WWE roster before. Top 5, 10% in, in the entirety of WWE, including NXT, developmental, everything. How you can look at a name that big, release him, and then go, "Oh, we've not got enough names, enough big names." To me, it just it just is another indicator that those releases that they've done this year were completely scattergun and last minute, just being like, "Um, this name, uh, this name, let's just get rid of them. It doesn't make any sense to me. What do I know? Presum- presumably,
2: um, I would say, "Oh dear, we've had Shut a run up, in, in the chat." Yeah, exactly.
1: Shut <laughs> up, boy. <Louis. laughs> <laughs> Your time will come, Louis. Your See, time will it, come. It's funny you call me a mark, but it's because you've never held the title, or
2: will. Right, not traitor, traitor. Anyway, <laughs> uh, I, I have to say with Braun Strowman, uh, it's one of those things where uh, I think when the cuts were coming along, he was obviously on a lot of money versus what he actually is. Now I can understand. I, I still, I, I was still surprised because I'd imagine that Vince and his big gargantuan prized project, you know, I, I didn't see Vince letting go of him, but when do you understand that he was making north of a million? If he was just sitting at home, that's a mm. lot of money. Um, and, and, you know, long-term deal. I understand now that WWE would be interested in bringing him back and it's probably going to be less money. And if I look at Braun Strowman, I think realistically, is he a – and I hope, I hope everyone takes this the right way. Is he a pro wrestler or is he a WWE wrestler? I don't envis- – you know, I think he was in the business because he was in WWE rather than he got into the business to be a pro wrestler. There's a very big difference. Um And I, I think he probably would go back to WWE for less money. Um I understand from that point. I think – Another issue here is, of course, the discourse that it's like Braun Strowman versus Daniel Bryan (laughs) CM Punk. Now, we know there's only one winner there, but to be fair, for Braun Strowman and what he is, people do tend to forget there was a period of Braun Strowman was really hot, right? And WWE could have pulled a trigger. They didn't, but they could have pulled a trigger where he would have been a hot world champion. He had a great feud of Roman Reigns was a great feud. I'm not finished with you yet. Um And when he finally met Brock Lesnar, everyone was like, shit, Braun Strowman could beat Brock Lesnar. Um He didn't. Again, spoiler. Uh But that was kind of where the ball got dropped. Then he kind of became this weekly stunt act. And then he had nothing. Then all of a sudden, a title reign that wasn't meant to happen. And we all know, you know, him and Goldberg, Uh, And then that title reign proceeded to be suffocated by the weirdness (laughs) of the fiend, um, which Braun Strowman then came out and said that he thought was actually really successful. Um, And I don't know what metrics that guy is going by there, but either way, that was that. So I get that what his value could have been or once was versus what it is. I understand Uh, WWE and their perception They seem to live in this bubble and always have that it's their world and everything else is just outside of it. Right. Slowly but surely, AEW, I I don't think WWE care that Andrade turns up there. They should. But I don't think that they do. I don't think they care that Malachi Black turns up there or anything like that. Daniel Bryan, they will care very much that he turns up there very much. They wanted him. They uh, obviously made a big play to keep him after WrestleMania. Daniel Bryan did the whole, no, I want to be in my family, which it looks like he's done for, you know, if he debuts in September, six months. Um, but if you were arrested today, Pete, okay, mm-hmm. and AEW and WWE come knocking at your door. Now, we know the perks that WWE have. You want to get to WrestleMania, the biggest company, global company in the world, most money, all of that stuff. AEW, the money isn't that far off. The exposure isn't that far off when it comes to big television deals. Um, And you get to have creative liberty and not fear for your job every second. I think Daniel Bryan is probably the first trend of many that are in his position looking at it and thinking, do I want these conditions in a WWE when I could have it just as good, maybe better, in AEW. I think WWE maybe overestimate their poor these days, Pete, and they're gonna learn it the hard way in maybe the next 12 months.
1: Yeah, I mean they should already be learning it realistically. Uh yeah. when you have people like Brian who had the choice, supposedly, between WWE and AEW, and he's gone for AEW because they can give him something that WWE can't. It doesn't matter how much money you throw at him, you can't get wrestling in New Japan for. WWE and they sure tried reportedly with mm. Nick Khan having those talks with New Japan. They reportedly tried it but they couldn't get it to work. So Daniel Bryan's gone to AEW. There's these pardon the uh, the pun here. The, there's intangibles. There's <laughs> intangibles intangible assets in AEW that you can't get in WWE and WWE for ages have always been the biggest dogs because they can go, we can offer you the most money. But Mm -hmm. when people start getting offered a similar amount of money for another company and you get other benefits, suddenly WWE don't look like such a great deal anymore because they, they have been completely hoisted by their own petard because their booking has been awful for ages. And there's very, very rare exceptions where characters come out looking better than when they joined. You know, Mm -hmm. there's, you know, some people like Roman Reigns, who's a homegrown project. And he, he, he's amazing. I will say Braun Strowman, was an amazing WWE project, which is why I think it was so surprising that he got released because he was so most great. Successful, you could argue, yeah. from like from nothing to star, yeah, yeah, 100%. And like you said, that that one summer where he was super duper hot in 2017, god, that four way at SummerSlam 2017, so good, amazing, so mm-hmm. much fun, I love it. Uh, and that ambulance match he had with Roman Reigns was so dumb and awesome, it was great. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, just having like those. Those intangible assets that make AEW a competitor, not in terms of ratings, not in terms of revenue or anything like that, but a competitor in terms of people's choices is really going to be a wake-up call for WWE because now they they hoarded talent for so long to make sure that AEW couldn't get wrestlers. And now they're getting to a point where they're releasing everyone and people are going to AEW because... Obviously, that's one of the most logical places for you to go. But not only that, people are going to Ring of Honor. People are going to Impact. People are going over to New Japan. Like, People have got so many different options of places to go based on what they want in their career that it's now a massive wake-up call for WWE to be like, oh, God, we need to actually like keep our wrestlers and maybe keep them happy. You know, these crazy concepts in a job of being happy. Um, So I I think... I think you're right that they haven't paid that much attention to AEW. I'm sure it gets mentioned, and I'm sure they speak about it. But at the end of the day, it will come to Vince, and it'll be like, Andrade? Who cares? I, I, never, saw anything in him, I, I never saw anything in him, so it doesn't matter. Regardless of all his previous work as La Sombra, regardless of what pe- his potential may be in AEW, he won't care because he didn't see anything in Andrade in and WWE. But then you get a name like Daniel Bryan, who Vince... Vince definitely knows that Brian. <laughs> he was just in the main event of WrestleMania this year. Um, mm. And, you know, and he was protected on his way out. That's the crazy thing about Daniel Bryan is that he wasn't buried on his way out. He had a universal title match against Roman Reigns that was awesome on SmackDown. Mm. And they expected him to just take a little bit of time off and then come back. Kind of like... Um, Dean Ambrose originally was they thought he was just gonna take some time off and come back, and then it'll go to AEW's John Moxley because he was like, nah, I'm out. Screw that. Um mm. so now I think with the it's a they're slow learners, but I'm hoping that this will kind of be the catalyst for them to be like, oh god, AEW really is a competitor, huh? And now they need to yeah. actually treat their wrestlers better while they're there. I mean,
2: we're, we're assuming that Meltzer is on the money that. WWE's logic behind bringing Strowman back is that they want to, you know, have a big name. I don't know if that is truly the case, but it would make sense to me in multiple ways. They would want to bring him back anyway. Um, you look at, you know, go- going back to that point. What would you choose? Now I know we're not wrestlers, but if you just look at it on the surface of things, I saw Louis's argument in the chat in particular that. Oh, um, you know, growing up watching WWE is a big pull to a lot of people. I'm sure it is. Like, if you wanted to, you know, rest on the biggest stage, to me, there still is nothing bigger than WrestleMania. I get that, right? I don't think that pull is as important as you think it is, right, like in this climate today, Um, because you have the options of AEW and all of the mega talented people there, the creative liberty, the... Less, I mean, the schedules are what they are because of the pandemic, but AEW still, before that, weren't running like a lot of house shows or intending to, like WWE did. Um, There just seems to be a lot of more upside to AEW. But frankly, and, and it kind of pains me to say as much, as I've grown up a WWE fan, that's kind of always that loyalist part in your heart somewhere. Um, It just looks like a very toxic, difficult place to work. Like, nobody's safe. Uh, You get heat for the most strange things that in any other workplace you'd go to HR and go, this is weird. You can't just, you know, make me sit in a corner for however long because I didn't do something the way you liked it. Like, that's not the way the world works. But in the WWE, it does because it is their world. Mm -hmm. And um, and I think they've got so used to having such, you know, it's not even autonomy. It's just soul power that they haven't they haven't felt the need to evolve those practices. And Vince is very much everything in his mind. The infrastructure has grown that way. I can understand why Daniel Bryan looks at it and he thinks, uh, let's be honest, Daniel Bryan could go to AEW for a few years and then hop back in the Hall of Fame. They, You know, it, it's difference doesn't make to him. He's made a lot of money. He's made a lot of money. Uh, it, he wanted, obviously, the New Japan link. AEW clearly have that. Um, you know, I, I still don't totally buy that WWE would have just tried to make a New Japan link to placate Daniel Bryan. But at the same time, it would have been in their interest to do so anyway to suppress AEW. So it probably was something that was discussed. But at the end of the day, they didn't work that hard to make it happen. The, la- the It's like WWE and the rest of the wrestling world. You look at what happened at Slammiversary, right? You look at we had a IWGP title on the line and the headline of AEW this week. The rest of the wrestling world is a bubbling, exciting place to be. You talk about growing up watching WWE being a big pool. If you grow up a wrestling fan, I know which side of that fence I find more attractive, the the bubbling metropolis that is the rest of the wrestling world, where you can make a good living these days. You don't have to go to WWE. And again, I feel like that is something WWE are going to learn fairly quickly. You know, they missed out on Omega and Rhodes and whoever a few years ago, the Bucks, of course because AEW was formed. But that's the last massive free agents they targeted. Who was the last huge WWE signing that they secured from anyone else since this landscape, right? Since AEW has been born, where we are now, who was the last marquee WWE signing? I, I genuinely can't think. Like, Sarray? Like, yeah. Like... It- and again, how many people knew who Sir Ray was, with all due respect, mm. unless you watch Stardom or whatever. Like, it's... That that time is kind of passing WWE by because they're stuck in their own little world where they're like, okay, well, we've got NXT. Little do they know, they don't know how to use who's coming out of NXT, right? Um, so what we've seen happen with AEW is they've picked up everyone, pretty much everyone they've picked up, I would argue, other than Sean Spears. Sorry, Sean Spears. is somebody that you look at WWE and you go, they should have done more with that person. Like, the rest of the world could see it, but WWE, right? Mm -hmm. If somebody, very good point in the chat here. If that, if that was today, Yeah. That that happened. I know AJ re-signed not long ago. If that was today, do we think both Nakamura and AJ would be heading for WWE over AEW? I know it's easy to kind of go, oh, AJ still would, but, It's not an easy question, for sure.
1: it's not because the wrestling landscape is so different and like if AJ wanted to continue a Bullet Club story over in AEW like maybe like we don't know obviously it's Mm. the timelines don't match up and stuff so we'll never know it's a hypothetical question but like it's it's worth talking about like as a possibility because it was always WWE poached the biggest people. It was always people go up from all these companies. They become a star in whatever company they're in. And then WWE takes them. That was always the thing. It was like, New Japan, you got your big stars. You got your age stars. You got your Chinsuke Nakamura. You got your good brothers, even though, you know, Gallows was in WWE before. Make a name for themselves elsewhere. And then WWE will take wow. you, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll make a uh, star over an impact. Oh, WWE will take them. Make a star over in Ring of Honor. Oh, WWE take them. Like, you look, look at all the guys at WWE now, like Rollins and, and like Samoa Joe and Ring of Ryan and exactly. CM Punk and all these guys that were from Ring of Honor before that they just kind of, they just cherry pick who they want to. And now they can't do that because people want to wrestle in one other promotions that aren't WWE because over time, more and more and more of these stories have come out of WWE just being a bad place to work, of people just being like, I'm just so stressed out working there and I don't want to anymore. So I think, one, people are more willing to not work there because I think the illusion is kind of broken a little bit. Like you mentioned mm-hmm. before, I was like, I grew up watching WWE, so I want to rest in the WWE. I think that illusion is starting to break now for a lot of people because they realize the, the not great work environment that's over there. And you've got viable other options, whether that be Ring of Honor, Impact, New Japan, AEW, NWA, MLW, Triple A, wherever, it doesn't matter. Like you've got loads of other options in the wrestling industry right now. And it's genuinely quite exciting, I assume, for a lot of wrestlers to, to have different places that they, they could wrestle. Um, and I've seen, by the way, uh, a couple of people in the chat saying that, you know, that I think that the biggest sign that WWE have done is B Priestley. And I would agree. However, B Priest has gone to NXT UK, which, with all due respect, is watched by maybe five people. Um, Also, she she would still be in
2: AEW were it not for the pandemic. Don't get it twisted. She said as much in in the interview I spoke with her. Circumstantially, Mm. AEW suited her. She chose, please remember this, she chose to sign for AEW over NXT when she signed for AEW. She passed on NXT UK twice. Twice yes. because it didn't suit her. She wanted to do more in stardom, she wanted the best of both worlds. AEW offered her that. There's a lot of people that will make those same decisions. Uh, I'm looking at some here Ronda Rousey, before AEW was even a thing, she mm-hmm. debuted at WrestleMania 34 2018, I think. Um, AEW didn't exist till what news the second or the first of January 2019. That's right. Um, Volta, yeah. he was signed before. A W. Mm-hmm. That was uh, he debuted I think on the twelfth of two thousand nineteen, but the deal had been done before.
1: Same and
2: with Dragunov. Uh, in Dragonov, yeah, um, you know, I know he wasn't Dragonov wasn't there at the inception of NXT UK, but again, um, uh, there's a lot here that you're saying. Like there hasn't been a class like an AJ. Um, yeah, well, Sting was another example back in two thousand fourteen. Mm-hmm. Look at that win. Um, yeah. You know, and, and it's funny because you look at. WWE back in two thousand. I know this is going back now, but you look at who they brought in, and uh, the radicals was Guerrero, uh, Malenko, Saturn, and Benoit. Which you know they were they were kind of I know Benoit was in the world title shakeup, but kind of like Andrade, Malachi Black, etc. Guys who were just underutilized in the other company, they suddenly go to WWE and look at what becomes of them. Same as Miro is now doing in Mm. aew i think there are some parallels there so um, it's funny how history is kind of repeating itself but uh i i want more than anything wwe to be what i fell in love with originally right like we all do that's why we keep watching it and pining for it and when wwe do things great i don't know kofi mania for instance um you know the production is still amazing all that great stuff it's just difficult um to to see where their logic comes from when signings like this kind of occur. They're not even really in the race for Brian, from what we can tell. They tried their best and Brian's just like, no. Punk is another one where wh- how many times did we hear from both sides? Oh, you know, I'd be open to a discussion. Oh, sure. You know, we would we would we would talk and, and they never did. They not of any, you know, in real int- intent anyway, mm. Um, because if they had uh, and I was saying this the other day with SP3. Like, who was going to blink first out of that? You know, Punk was never going to pick up the phone, was he, and say, hey, remember how you sent me my papers on my wedding day? Oh, don't worry, it's under the bridge if you want to apologise. Like, it's not on him to do that. And WWE were never going to pick up the phone either and go, you know what, we, we were sorry. Like, that wasn't going to happen either. So uh, I, I just feel like that, that stalemate prevented that ever really happening, and, it, and it's given AEW the window. I, that's the main thing here okay, AEW doing over a million at the moment, which is great. You know, they're they're growing undeniably. But more than anything, it's the alternative to what you were forced to work in to what you can and want to. Um, And again, I hope WWE... uh, I hate to say when Vince goes, but, like, things will probably only really change in a different era. Um, But at the moment... I don't think you can really deny WWE is only trending one way. And it's such a shame because you look at their roster still and it's an insane roster. Like they have absolutely absurd amounts of talent for all of their brands, even down to NXT UK. Right. There are guys there that would kill it on the main roster. And unfortunately, it, it just seems like we're stuck in that kind of. Um, Groundhog Day for WWE, where bad creative and we're kind of going around in circles. All the ratings are low, okay. Whereas AEW is kind of getting success after success after success, and maybe WWE can only quantify success in money right now.
1: Mm. I mean, they're one hell of a profitable company. Like despite all the ratings and everything, they're making more money than ever. And you know, props to them for all that stuff. But realistically, how long can that last? How long are they going to keep making the most profitable year they've ever done when the ratings keep slipping? Like, how much longer uh, is Fox going to pay them a billion dollars for several years if the ratings are going to keep going down? Like, Mm. it's not indefinite, you know? Things can change quite quickly for stuff like that. And also, I want to say, before we get too far away from the topic, because I haven't been on any show to talk about this this week, and I want to, because I want to talk about Punk Brian because it's very exciting, um, is that I think this might be a hot take, might not. Um, AEW is already getting close to the realm of competing with Raw in terms of the 18-49 to 49 demographic. They beat them like a week ago, I think, um, on yeah. Fight Fest Night 1, I think. Um, and they're kind of in that realm. They're starting to compete with Raw in that uh, key demographic. If Punk and Bryan go to AEW, I think that will be the turning point when AEW start competing in terms of overall viewership. Uh, raw keep going down and AEW is going to keep going up i think and in maybe a few months maybe by the end of the year maybe by you know early next year AEW will be competing with the main roster and that is wild just throwing that out there that's insane um If if wwe let it get to that point oh boy that's they need to learn quicker basically is what i'm saying they've got a quick turnaround
2: it's the most exciting show easily in wrestling, I think, Dynamite.
1: Mm. Um, you know, it's,
2: it's fresh, nothing's routine, whereas WWE comes off all so formulaic. And I, I, I do enjoy watching SmackDown, but even recently I've been like, man, another rematch. Like, they're getting into that Raw trope. Um, so it's a, it's a wild time to think of. But what I will say on that, Pete, which leads us into a little bit more news, apparently The Rock is set to make a comeback at Survivor Series. He's going to be used across Raw and SmackDown, according to Andrew Zarian, uh, with the belief that it will be built to Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. Now, we, we all believed that to be the case for the longest time, but say what we like about WWE and, and all of that good stuff, the Roman Reigns storyline is or character is the best thing they've managed to produce in a hell of a long time. And I say they, I believe it's more. Reigns and Heyman, but anyway, uh, that seems to be heading on the collision course, always was for Rock, head of the table. The Rock, really, I mean, he is the head of the table. Look at the, the money that man's grossing. Um, and that still is, by most metrics, the biggest possible match in wrestling, which WWE have in their back pocket. You could make the argument for that. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say it's the, um, I'm not trying to say it's Omega ricada, as in biggest. I just mean in terms of eyeballs, the money it could make, you could make the argument that's the biggest WWE have. And I mean, Dwayne Johnson's draw in wrestling and out is well documented. Do you think Vince McMahon looks at stuff like that? And he thinks
1: it's fine. It's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Almost certainly. Yeah. (laughs) He's Vince, he? He's got no clue. Um, Rock coming back, I think, is quite exciting because I think we, we always thought it was going to be Rock versus Reigns at some point, And it does look like that's the way we're going to go, which is quite good. That's all that's left for him, really, Rock. Yeah, realistically. I just hope that Rock doesn't beat Reigns because I think that would be really sad. I need Reigns to beat him because that yeah. would be great. Um, <laughs> And then after that he can lose the title. Doesn't matter after that. Have whoever beat Have Santino Marella come back and beat him. I don't care after that. He's already done his storyline. It's already reached the conclusion. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's a lie. I'd be very upset if Santino <laughs> beat him. Uh, <laughs> but but, but, but <laughs> like, I'm. <clears> hmm. <throat> While I'm excited for Rock versus Reigns, I think that is a good idea for them to do, and I'm glad that they're going to bring him back at Survivor Series. It's 25 years of the Rock to build like a slow build up to WrestleMania. That makes a lot of sense. I think that's a good idea. I'm worried that, you know, a couple months ago we were getting reports of WWE. have got some really cool plans for the rest of the year, and I'm really excited to see WWE turn things around when fans come back. And so far. We've seen um, Finn Balor go to the main roster. All right. We've seen John Cena come back for SummerSlam. That's cool. We've seen mm. Goldberg come back. Okay, I'm starting to notice a trend here. And we're getting The Rock coming back. It's like, this is what they always do whenever they're in a panic. And they just bring a load of old guys back. So I'm really hoping that this isn't the master plan that they've got to fix WWE because it won't work because they've done it loads of times before. It's just a band aid over a massive gaping wound. It's not going to fix by just bringing back all these old people. With all due respect, I know they're legends and yes, they will pop the casual viewer and the casual viewer will tune in to go. Oh my God, it's the rock. I used to watch him, but they won't stick around because the rest of the product isn't fixed. It's still the same. So, on the surface, very superficially, I am super excited for The Rock to come in. I think that's going to be really exciting and fun. I just really hope that this isn't the big master plan they've got, because it won't work. No, it'll be one good angle at the top of,
2: uh, you know, a bad, meandering show.
1: Uh, And it's on Survivor Series! When's the last time Survivor Series mattered? (laughs) <laughs> it, it, it doesn't matter. It's red shirts versus blue shirts and sometimes versus yellow shirts. Like, it, mm. it, it has no substance. There's nothing to it. There's no consequences for Survivor Series. Nothing matters. So people just don't care anymore. And that's not a rhetorical question. I'm stealing this joke from Adam Blompier. It, it's not a rhetorical question when Survivor Series got bad. It's 2016. It's when the brand split happened. That's when it became mm. bad. And they do the draft like a month Before Survivor Series, I bleed
2: Raw. (laughs) Just love SmackDown. Raw till I die. Oh oh, Jesus!
1: Like under siege. Oh (laughs) piss off!
2: You're paid by the same bloke. All of you. (laughs) All of you. Ah, never mind. Um, this is a good opportunity to once again say, hey, there are plenty of you watching at the moment in the hundreds. That's a plural. Please thumbs up, subscribe. Join the good eggs that are the Wrestling Daily community. Make sure you do. Thanks for stopping by. You can also get involved in the chat. Pete and I have been riffing without a care in the world, but you can join us, WrestleTalk.com forward slash Wrestling Daily. Have your say. Give us your hot take, your injection into the conversation. Pontificate. I don't care. Get involved. Uh, and also, as I say, yeah, pontif- good word, right? Uh, Maddie, who is asking where his... Um, Ultra chat came in. But the point I bring him up is that he has a call symbol. And you'll see that in the live mm. chat. Join the wrestling daily family. Make sure you get involved. Uh the, the chat is where it is at. Didn't even mean to make that rhyme. And you know what I don't do often enough? Mm. And it's not play it's not play the biggie video where he praises me. It
1: is the <laughs> uh the merch, Peter. Hell yes. Where can I get merch? Our merch? Where can they it's get it? Sexy. They can get it at wrestleshop.com. We can get loads of other merch as well. But look at this sexy stuff. Go buy some wrestling daily merch. It's great. And if you're not going to buy wrestling daily merch, you might as well buy the intangibles t-shirt while you're there. But mainly go for the wrestling daily merch. That's the mm. that's the main thing. Look at it. Look at that design. We got that designed. Doesn't it look nice? It's got some eggs mm. on it. Anybody wearing it is fit.
2: That's a dis it's a disclaimer. Exactly. They are automatically. Uh yeah. Now I just need to to find Find the leg. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I wanted to do it smoothly. It didn't happen. Uh, Ultra chat time. What have we got in the chamber today? Let's go to CM Punk and Daniel Bryan. Bryan Danielson. I guess I'll have to get used to that. Adam Blomplate as a diehard WWE guy. Brackets. Mainly NXT. These signings have definitely made me want to watch AEW and give them another shot. And that is part of it. Um. you know what's great about that is what Pete was saying earlier in terms of WWE's logic of going if we do another legends night, I'm sure the people are going to pop on by for it I don't think Tony Khan makes signings based on the premise that oh this might attract more viewers or we might you know like when WWE were fascinated with making the next Latino star we need the next Rey Mysterio uh they don't do that. They just go, this will be good for the show. This will be good mm. for the product. They they build it organically. They go, what is good? They don't just go, oh, we need some name value somewhere or anything like that. And I don't think you can make an argument against CM Punk and Daniel Bryan in any shape or form. They're going to be good entertainment, be it microphone, in-ring work. There's fresh matchups there. If you're a wrestling fan, great. If you're a casual, you're intrigued. Uh, I, I think the motives behind Tony Khan's signings, Pete, are almost... Their main strength,
1: hundred percent, yeah, and the thing with it is I totally agree with you that they're just trying to benefit on what makes the best product because I think they know creating the best TV show will get Garner the most viewership it's a long-term goal mm-hmm. of them saying well we put on a consistently good show more and more people will tune in and if we keep making good shows people will stay that's the whole I mean it's not rocket science when you think about it put make good stuff and people will go that's that's just what you got to do right but I think even if some of the signings they've done, could you could construe them to be, this is just a big name that they think will draw in viewers, right? Even if that's what they have. For people like, let's say, Sting, right? Mm. Even though I think Sting's done a really good job in AEW, maybe like the whole him and Darby Allen stuff got a little bit long with Team Taz. Like, that oh. was a little bit drawn out and went on too long and it got a bit convoluted and stuff. But his partnership with Darby Allen I think, is very good. And he's done... He had a really, really fun match at Double or Nothing, which I don't think yeah. anyone saw coming, um, which was really cool. You could make the argument that he's just there because his name is Sting, right? Discounting everything else. if Even if that's true it still works in AEW because the rest of the product is really good because you get these big names, you get people, the casual viewers who recognize the name through the door, and then they enjoy the rest of the show, which is why it doesn't work in WWE because the rest of the product is bad. So people tune in for the bit they like, and then they tune out again. Whereas mm. the people actually stick around in AEW. So even if, and like Adam Bluntplate was saying in his, in his ultra chat, it makes people want to watch AEW more because the, They've got, uh, maybe I can give them another shot because they've got these guys that I like now. You give it another shot, you watch the rest of the show, you enjoy the rest of the show because it's very good, and you stick around. That's how it, Mm. again, it's not rocket science, guys. Just put on good TV. Like, Jesus Christ. And also, I will agree with you, Adam Blomplate, to the point where when this whole Punk Brian stuff got me very excited. I don't normally watch AEW on the regular. Like, I'll tune in when I can, but normally I'm a bit too busy. I I have to make time to watch NXT and SmackDown, and I like to spend my free time doing other stuff that's not wrestling most of the time because mm. my job is wrestling, so it can get a bit much sometimes. But I got so into the whole Punk Bryan stuff that I was like, man, i got to watch AEW. So I did. <laughs> I just put on AEW, and I watched it this week, and it was a great show. I really enjoyed it. So it's, it's that excitement that people have got about the show that are going to make people tune in and watch it more.
2: Yeah, I absolutely agree. Um, and that's another thing on that. Like you said, even if Sting was there for just his name, they've used him so well to help elevate Darby Allen that it stands to reason why you would do that. Like, it's not like he's coming in and taking the world title off the hottest character you've created in ages, like somebody else does and is still having world title matches today, like Goldberg. <laughs> um, anyway. Other than
1: that... Alex, what if he beats Lashley? No. What if if, if he beats Lashley? The only
2: salvation would be is if Big E, the second Goldberg won the title, came out, beat Goldberg's meat. I said it. He beat his meat and then he wins the title. That is it. That is the only way I will tolerate that happening at all. And still... You don't need the bridge of Goldberg between Lashley and Big E. Uh, Big e. You don't. The story's right there. Kofi Kingston just yep. got his ass ripped. Um, But if that did happen, I don't know. I, I, my kids would probably better stay at my mum's for the weekend. I, they don't mm. need to be near me. They don't need to be near this tornado of rage, Pete. They don't need it. Yeah. I think I
1: might be <laughs> similar. Yeah. Uh, Bo Hill
2: is up next and he says, Punk and Brian are amazing additions in the present. But can you imagine having those two as head of creative in five to 10 years? That would be amazing. And that's another thing that AW have done very well. I know this feels like the AW put over show, but they've put good people in. You've got the executives, right? But at the same time, You've got Dean Malenko, who is very well, you know, one of the best at putting matches together, agent-wise. Jerry Lynn, like a lot of people are talking about how great he's been to helping people with their in-ring work and stuff of that nature. So they've quietly put stuff together behind the scenes that makes you think... I mean, again, the whole reason that Moxley was so... And you can tell this in pretty much every Moxley match he's so creatively and fulfilled because he has his say and he gets to do what he wants to do within reason. Obviously Tony Khan is the the end of the line, but I feel like for someone like CM Punk in particular, that's crucial. Daniel Bryan was maybe King of being able to thrive within the WWE system. The guy could lose for two months and get hot like that. There's so Mm -hmm. precious few people that can do that momentum out of nowhere for CM Punk. We all know how jaded he got towards the end of that run. And it, it bears a resemblance to Dean Ambrose in many ways, where they just had enough of how they were treated character-wise. And I think that's the same thing, man. Like, for Punk to be able to be there, he could love wrestling again. And, mm-hmm. and who knows? Who knows what that could spawn, Pete?
1: Yeah, totally. And it's being around that environment of being surrounded by other people. God almighty, that is a new thing. when BTM! open. Sorry. <laughs> btm t-shirt incoming um yeah i think punk not only being able to have creative a bit more creative input and being able to to be in that company but being in that environment being surrounded by people who also love wrestling and yeah. being able to just be surrounded by that positivity that aw the aw rock locker room seems to have because they're, they're, they're treating themselves like like a family to a degree like a lot of people looking out for each other like we've seen a load of like backstage stuff of Everyone kind of gets on, well, obviously there's going to be a little, you, you you work with people you don't like, That's, it's just it happens in all forms of life. I'm sure there's people that don't like each other backstage, but they are professionals at the end of the day and they get on with it. And it's not the same toxic environment that you see in WWE. And it seems to be a good workplace to be surrounded by people that just really love wrestling. So Punk being around those people, he might get a little bit of that might catch the bug again to get kind of get back into wrestling again, because he's, he's openly said that WWE made him hate wrestling. And mm. I just hope that he can get back there again, because he's a brilliant mind for it. And not even as Bo Hill said in the ultra chat, not even head of creative or anything like just being a coach, like just being someone who can help, help help train people in the future. And also mm. people who can help with promos, people are going to help with character work. Like, you know, what Jericho on does exactly. Yeah just one-on-one coaching with someone would be wah, phenomenal, right? These are people wah. that wah, you, you, you need them. Like, God, <laughs> That they're, they're setting themselves up for an incredible future. Like, if AEW screws up, God, something major is going to have to happen because they're getting all the right pieces in all the right places right now.
2: Yeah, they absolutely are. Um, I realise we're entering the home stretch and I still want to eviscerate Louis D'Angora yet. Um, (laughs) But there are two ultra chats here that I'll get into. Gatecrasher Forever is up first. He says it's never been revealed how the championship got to Manchester and Laurie and back to London to Pete. Ollie and Luke showed the belt being put in an Uber... Surely you didn't do that. They're asking for trade secrets, B. Is there more than one championship?
1: Like, WWE have TV quality belts and touring belts? Excuse me. If you think that, if you think Uh, that one, we have the money to spend on two belts, think again. uh, And also, if you think we can print out two of these stickers to put on top, think again. No, it was a legit courier service to get it to Manchester and back. There is one title. Uh, and it's mine and it's never going anywhere.
2: Those stickers aren't made by the truckload. Do
1: <laughs> no, exactly. Hey.
2: very unique. Uh, <laughs> Matty, uh, the hot scot says, Hey, Alex and Pete. Hey, mate. Uh, Alex, how's your back? Yeah, really bad. It really hurts. I really have. I, I would mm. show you it, but, but I need it. <laughs> mm, bad. Yeah. Um, I, I was in a swimming pool yesterday with my children. Very simple game. One was sitting behind me. One was in front of me, the heavier one. Uh, mm. Don't call them heavy. You know. Anyway, <laughs> I had uh, I had her in front of me. And uh, the, the simple game was lift her over my head. She dangles her head near the young one's head. They go, ah, erupts in laughter. Okay? Mm. Yeah. When you have anyone who has kids, those simple games work. Uh, I was doing reps of this at this point. I'm like, oh, look, my tries are on fire. Uh, mm. And then, I, you know, like a deadlift, <laughs> If that's something you can do to a five-year-old. <laughs> sure. uh, I, she was up on my head and I was like, oh my God, I've actually popped my back. Like my, uh, my lumber, I want to say, not a back specialist. Sure, yeah. Terrible, really bad. Uh, and then I, I've, I've had to cease all playing activities ever since. Uh, and I, I honestly couldn't sit up last night. It was that bad. So um sb 3 had to come to the day and, and rescue. But um don't worry. I have cushions. And I'm back in business. Anyway, that's a very elaborate part to just one part of your Ultra Chat. It's so good having fans back. Cena's pop was unreal. I'll be pleased for CM Punk and Daniel Bryan if AEW happens. Pete, uh, you know where this is going. As this is your first Wrestling Daily, technically not, but okay. I feel you should join the Impression Club. Can you introduce Shane McMahon, Greg Hamilton style? (laughs)
1: a high bar has been set, Pete. (laughs) Oh, God. Who's the current king of doing this impression? I would bet it would be you. Uh, It's either me Mm -hmm. or Satin Yang actually did a good one the other day. It was pretty good. That also doesn't surprise me. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me either. Okay. Let's see here. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the best in the world. Shane McMahon! <laughs> very good,
2: Peter! Very, very good. Very I'll take good. it. I'll take yeah. it. I'm very yeah, that's that's up there. I'm not gonna lie. Um <laughs> oh, also uh, something to say. Alice McCarthy, the guy that boasts about deadlifting a five-year-old, then has a day off work to recover. I did not have a day off work, I missed a stream. I very much have a job <laughs> at talk I love it. <laughs> i very much had to do my other job um please don't get it twisted Ah, uh, right that was excellent peter i have can no we, qualms with that
1: can we get a t-shirt with deadlifting a five-year-old on it can that yes. be the next
2: one <laughs>
1: we, need we need more yeah
2: yeah with my face like you know on scott steiner or something let's do that yeah, yeah exactly yeah. um
1: there you go pete everyone is loving Impressive. so i can see everyone is respecting the champion acknowledge me as you should thank you very much everyone <laughs> speaking of acknowledging are you <laughs> ready pete oh let's are do this are you
2: ready to give you the hall of fame louis Dangor's horrendous take hall of fame now good money Dangor. let's do it of course it's it's something for me to say that but i've brought pete Quinnell to this show to be the impartial adjudicator of bad takes. We are okay. going to look at the merits of the takes and we will see what Pete thinks of them. Now, first up in the Louis in the, the trial of Louis Tagore. <laughs> <laughs> the roast right. of Louis. Let's do it. Yeah. So uh, I, I want to do chronologically, but I feel like this is more timely as okay. well. He, he said mm-hmm. 2011 CM Punk. Widely mm-hmm. considered the prime CM Punk would not be in the top 10 wrestlers today in WWE would not. Now, Louis, as he often does tried to move the goalposts mid uh, point where he's like, no, no, I didn't mean the promo. He said in Rick. Now let's, let's not forget CM Punk was having bangers back in 2011 mm. onwards to when he left. Um Pete, is that absurd? Is it fair, or is it
1: outright good? <clears throat> I think okay. So purely in ring, we're talking, and we're talking 2011 Punk.
2: Yeah, it's it's very difficult, I know, to kind of because ten years is a long time in the business for mm. what wrestling looks like. But let's just say the work CM Punk was doing—would he be the top ten people on your card?
1: This is the question today in WWE right now yes he would be me too. Me um too. I, I don't think he's the best he's not I don't think he'd be top five but he is in the top 10 for me uh I don't think it's you know I don't think it's Louis's worst take he's ever had because I could I could see the argument that in 10 years wrestling has changed so much like a a top caliber, amazing WWE wrestling match in 2011 looks very different to the same kind of match in 2021 wrestling. Mm -hmm. I think has, has progressed drastically in those 10 years. And we don't really know if punk can do that style. We haven't seen him wrestle since 2014 or whatever, whatever it was the year when he stopped. So we don't know if he can keep up. I would say realistically, if you, if, if if you're looking at the body of punk's work, you think that he probably could, um, Mm. Technically, we haven't seen it, but I think, realistically speaking, he would still be a very, very good wrestler. Absolutely,
2: yeah. So I feel like we're not going to hang Louis out to dry on that. Yeah. But we, but we will respectfully disagree. There you mm. go. That's mm. that's the answer to that one. Uh, yeah. Moving along for Luigi. Next, he said, "We've got some raw rubber ones coming up that are atrocious." Here we go. But, okay. uh, this one is, he said that Cody Rhodes and Dustin Rhodes at the first double or nothing is overrated. He said, it's not cool boy. that good. Um, and his, and I, and I quote him, he said, why is my child here again? Uh, he <laughs> said, begging for a German.
1: They said
2: um, that he was like, well, you know, Meltzer, uh, he was, that's, that was his quantifier. Uh, Meltzer didn't give Michaels and Undertaker five stars. So why? is Cody Rhodes and Dustin a five-star match? Legitimately a point Louis made in the context of what is and isn't a good match, which made me lose respect for his point immediately, if you have Mm. to base everything off Dave Meltzer. Either way, uh, Louis thought he he was prepared to die on this hill. Uh, Doesn't think Cody and Dustin was a great match. Where do you
1: sit on that, Pete? Well, it was a great match. I would say fairly objectively... It, it, it was a great match. um, And maybe not a technical masterpiece. No, but it doesn't have to be because you've got a lot of emotion and a lot of character in there. And that's really, and it had really good psychology. And that's really the basis of all matches. Like, if you look at. Rock I Hogan. wonder. Uh, yeah, Rock Hogan. Amazing, right? That was the crowd that made that match. Um, exactly. If you look at. I wonder if Louis enjoyed. Roman Reigns versus Edge from Money in the Bank. That technically is a very average match, but the character work involved in it and the psychology in the match was outstanding. It was really, really good. Maybe a little bit overbooked at the end with, you know, Mysterios mm. and Usos and Seth and all that stuff. Sure, we can get into that. But techni- technically speaking, in ring wrestling wise, very average match. Quite slow to start with, a little bit clunky kind of thing. But then it picked up because you had amazing psychology and amazing character work. And I think Cody versus Dustin was a better match in ring than that and also had very good character work. Like, you, I I don't think you can argue that, that the emotion and the psychology going into that match is absolutely top tier. Like, it, it basically can't be matched, can't be matched, excuse me. So, yeah, it's, it, it's a great match. Louis is, Louis is wrong.
2: <laughs> <laughs> he is wrong. Um, you know, they're brothers who who went and proved a point. WWE told them – I've made this point a million times, but I'll make it again. WWE told them that wasn't a match they wanted to put on pay-per-view. That wasn't a match befitting of WrestleMania. They went out there mm-hmm. on their own promotion, the very first show, and they showed the world that it absolutely was. It was an amazing match, full of emotion. I was in the arena for it. I know everyone likes to rib me when I say that um, – because I love saying oh, I've been places, but on this particular one, uh, people were legitimately crying in the crowd because it was yeah. like a real thing. They had proved a real point. Somebody mm. had told them they couldn't do something and they'd shown the world that they could. How can yeah. you, how can you not be invested in that? Um, I get it subjective, but I think Pete said it right at the top. Objectively, if you actually look at the match and all that had going for it, if you were going to try your best to critically analyze I don't know how you could ever, ever not look at that as a great match. But there you go. Universally speaking, most people do. Um, yeah. So there you have it. Uh, somebody has said in the in the chat here. Not Louis's worst take. Worse than that, possibly putting good money on Edge not winning the Rumble. Um, that's not what he did. He said that Edge would not face Roman Reigns.
1: It was uh, as as Edge was po- speared Roman and pointed at the WrestleMania side, and the pyro went off, and he picked Roman Reigns for WrestleMania. <laughs> Louis goes on the live stream too obvious too obvious he's th- there's no there's no way he's picking him it's gonna be finn balor it's gonna be finn balor at nxt it has to be this is way too obvious and all of us were like louis what are you talking about it Was a good time <laughs> oh my
2: word i mean i don't know if that's a take rather than just horrible um it was, it was bad yeah. bad louis um <laughs> elsewhere now these two are gonna combine into one he made big cases mm-hmm. for The Rock to win the Royal Rumble.
1: Oh, I've seen this one. This okay. year.
2: Okay. <laughs> he went to great lengths to explain there would not be a bigger pop than The Rock winning the Royal Rumble, and it needs to happen so that Reigns and Rock can be as big as it can possibly be.
1: Okay. Okay. No, <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, uh, no, He's, no, uh, okay, firstly, and also, I don't agree with people that say that Rock versus Reigns doesn't need to be for the title because Reigns' whole friggin' character is about being the champion, like, he needs mm. to hold that title for that match, it doesn't have okay it doesn't need to be for the title but reigns needs to be champion in that match if that makes any sort of sense it doesn't have to be fighting for the universal championship i think they should um but like reigns has to be champion his whole character revolves around champion when he stops being universal champion whenever that may be his character needs to evolve with it he can't just be like well, i'm still head of the table like mm. no nope, no no you're not that's the point of your character is to be your universal champion that's the whole thing right so rock winning the rumble does not need to happen because you already have so much story, like the whole history of their Samoan dynasty and the Rock and Roman Reigns being cousins and the Rock endorsing Reigns after the Rumble. And you you do not need a Rumble win to make that match exciting. And I'm sorry, that doesn't add anything. You're getting to the same point. Because The Rock winning the Rumble, I think, would genuinely take away from the story they're trying to tell. Because now it makes it seem like it's about the title. And it shouldn't be. It should be about being the head of the table. It should be about their family, their whole family dynamic. You do not need the Rumble win to add to that story. Because the story is already there. And you can give that Rumble win to somebody else that will make the WWE Championship match. Actually, means something that would be something that we'd give it a story or you know, the kickstart that it needs to get into a very good story after that. Yeah, shouldn't win the rumble. Also, why does The Rock
2: need to win the rumble to get to Roman? It doesn't, it doesn't. Goldberg turns up and says, I'll have a total match. What makes you think of Rock turning up saying, I want to face you, Roman, because I'm the real head of the table. What makes you think that it's that simple? It's really that simple.
1: Um, And and, and the thing is, is I don't think people would object to that because normally, you know, big people come in, they challenge for a world title. People are like, like with Goldberg, and they go, why are you challenging for a world title? That doesn't make any sense. If he comes in to say, I want to challenge your position as head of the table, that is completely different than coming in and saying, I want your universal championship. That is a story that people can get behind. That is a story that only The Rock could challenge Roman Reigns for that position as I want your spot as head of the table. I want to prove to you that I'm the head of the table. You're not. That, you you shouldn't have the Rumble in that because the Rumble makes things too messy. Mm-hmm. Oh man, now I'm getting annoyed.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but this is the point, right? Like if you're going to have this marquee match where The Rock takes one of those spots, it almost makes, you know, it's counterintuitive to not have somebody else win the Rumble who you could yeah. make. And could be the next challenger, you know. Like I, I feel like when Louis was saying this, and I actually, in a perverse way, understand what he was trying to say. Oh, it'd be a massive moment. But again, these are the short-term thinkings that has plagued WWE for so long. I feel like Louis has been trained to think that way by WWE. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm not mad at him. I'm he, he just needs to learn. Uh, he also and on the on the uh, on the Rumble shout. <laughs> Same, he made the same case for mm-hmm. John Cena to oh, win the God. Rumble as well. Also to get to Roman Reigns. Um, I Again, I'm not going to go over it. It's pretty much the same point he made about The Rock. Just going, it'd yep. be great get Cena back in there. Again, we've already seen you got the amazing pot for Cena without having to have him win the Rumble. Also, uh, I, I feel like telegraphed Rumble wins are one of the worst things about wrestling in many Mm -hmm. ways because it kind of ruins a whole quarter of the year where everyone looks forward oh my god who's gonna win the rumble this year or who's gonna be and i'll never forget some of the years where it became so obvious and it was just painful and i'll give you one that involves both the rock and cena shall i because once the rock defeated cm punk at the royal rumble Mm -hmm. gee whiz gee whiz i wonder Who's going to win the Rumble? Well, of course, it's going to be Cena for twice in a lifetime. We all knew it. We're all sitting there watching the Rumble, knowing that's going to happen, hoping that WWE are going to throw us a swerve that they ultimately would never do. Uh, Or even the other way around. I don't know which match came first. But as soon as Cena won the Rumble or Rock won the title, you knew exactly what was going to happen. Um, And again, that detracts from the end goal because I I think all of us were like, yeah, the first Rock and Cena was kind of cool. Second one was just a finisher fest, and the Rock was injured. I, you know, I understand there are reasons it was what it was, but it wasn't what it should have been. Mm-hmm. I know the box office would probably say I'm wrong, but I don't know not, what. Not I, don't know, no, I don't know. No, and I don't. I don't know what help that did in the long term. Um, I think that those short-term thinkings and the shock value are habits that our dear friend Louis needs to adjust.
1: Yes and also i i want to throw that out there that yeah i agree that cena doesn't need the the rumble win and everything and also some of the best rumbles is when you get a surprise winner when you Mm. get something like you know shinsuke nakamura when you get drew mcintyre those are two of the best rumbles in recent memory and god it was so fun when you're just like that person won that's amazing I mean, obviously from top to bottom, those rumbles were amazing anyway. From from like the start, you had amazing moments throughout. But just having the shock finish of being like, it's not the person that I thought it was going to be. That's amazing. They did a thing. You know, that's, that's great. Sure, have the Rock be in the rumble if you really want. If you really want him in there, sure, put him in. I don't think he should go in. But sure, if you really want him for that pop, put him in. Do not have him win. Because if he goes in, everyone's going to go, well, Rock's winning, isn't he? And then if he doesn't, That's cool. That's a good little swerve, that. But also don't have him in the Rumble in the first place. (laughs) But also avoid that choice and just don't have him. Uh, Guess what? You you mentioned
2: Drew McIntyre's win, Pete.
1: Yeah. I was at that match. (laughs) I was at that match. (laughs) (laughs) Good, Lizzie. Good. God, yes. Uh, Amazing.
2: We have one ultra chat before we are going to close things up tonight guys and it is from johnny t who says do you believe tony khan's five-year go goal is to supersede yeah supersede wwe wrestling market share i think he does what about you guys thanks jt mighty Igor fan lol um i don't i think it will take longer than five years to supersede wwe's global Presence, um, it would have to come down like all of their TV deals have got like what three or four years to go. I think it would Mm -hmm. take a lot for them to come crashing down quick. Um, I don't think it's absurd to think in five years they might be how strongly do I want to go here, Pete? I don't want to say say comfortably ahead, but beating Raw and SmackDown in viewership, like in five years, if, if, let's, I mean, I can't predict the future, but let's just say this current trend continues. That Mm -hmm. wouldn't be an outlandish thing to say. Market-wise, there's a lot of things that have to happen. AEW has to get into a lot of different markets, touring and TV programming and uh, all kinds. You know, you, you can't actually imagine, my daughter's throwing stuff, you can't actually imagine how vast and diverse WWE's like portfolio is. So there's a lot of work on that front, but the base of it that everything stems from or should is indeed the product. And I think that's where they're excelling. Pete.
1: Yeah, totally. Um, To answer the, the original question of do I think Tony Garn's got uh, Tony Khan's goal? Is that no, I Mm -hmm. genuinely think that AEW are just trying to put on the best product they can. Do they want to beat WWE? Sure. I'm sure that's part of it. But they're not their primary reason for existing is not to beat WWE. They exist to put on a good wrestling show. And that's what they wanna probably keep doing, is just keep making really good wrestling shows. And I'm sure over time, obviously they want more viewers. Who doesn't want more? It's a business. Of course they want more viewers. They want more money, more revenue. And yeah, they're getting into other markets. They're getting into, you know, the video games and stuff like that. And they obviously have a huge merch presence already. Uh, Cause obviously they're just a t-shirt company, right? Um, but like, uh, I, I think their goal is just to be the best they can be. I genuinely believe that. Uh, that they just want to be the best company that they can be. And yeah, they want to make the most money. Sure. Sure. Beating WWE is probably part of that, but I don't think they're going to complain if they grow and also WWE grows because then wrestling grows. I genuinely think that if both of them grow, they'll be like, cool. Mm. But yeah, I, I don't think that it, it's not in their goal to run WWE out of business or anything like that. Like not not a chance.
2: What I think is fun about that whole, you know, dynamic or thought process is when I did interview Omega, And I I was so surprised about how complimentary he was of Triple H. You know, he really actually thought Triple H is on the same wavelength as them. Like, if there wasn't an AEW, I'm convinced they would have said yes to Triple H, to be honest. Um, But again, as we've seen a lot. In WWE lately, Triple H is not the guy that gets to make many decisions. Yeah, he brought back Samoa Joe, that's a great stroke of business. that he did, um, but ultimately, Vince McMahon makes all those decisions. Once the NXT talent are out of NXT, Triple H has got almost zero say, it would seem, on what happens. Um, more than I mean, I was hearing the other day among all the cuts that happened, essentially, the only one that Triple H fought for and had and could get anything done was Canyon Seaman. That's the only guy that he was like, no, no, I I don't want to lose him. Mm -hmm. And he actually managed to wrestle around. Other than that, he really didn't get a say. And that's from someone in a good role in WWE who said that. So I think um, I would love a world where we could explore the possibility of Triple H having a lot more power because I think NXT in its golden age is one of the best shows I've ever seen. Um, there, There was like two years of it that were phenomenal um and there still are remnants to it now but they've kind of adjusted being on network tv to the wwe you know like tv mindset it's not mm-hmm. quite the same um though so i would like to see that and i always found it very interesting that the bucks and kenny all said to me that that he tried you know he tried really hard a to make them happy but B, like he just understood their vision and what wrestling mm. could be. And when you think about it, NXT is probably the closest version of what Dynamite is to a WWE product. So it's interesting, man. Like, I would love to see that. But until then, I think it's very hard to answer that question. Only other than Pete's right. I don't think AEW's um, foundations are to break WWE, it's just to have a great show and speaking of which we've had a great show i'm really good at segues pete here on wrestling daily pete quinnell has been an exceptional guest you see on the top right hand corner at pete quinnell make sure you get involved with him on the socials you can see a hell of a lot of him on the wrestle talk channels through the week peter is there anything you'd like to plug while you're here to the adoring fans of wrestling daily
1: sure yeah um I also have my own personal YouTube channel which is about dungeons and dragons because that's my other passion in life D d so if you like D d go subscribe to warcaster it's a fun channel I got a new video coming on Monday it's a good one there you go also yeah do that there you go that
2: me be
1: that please um <laughs>
2: Anyway, thank you so much for joining us tonight, guys. We appreciate your Ultra Chats. I'll be back next Tuesday with Sat E. Nyangi. I believe next Friday, it is Adam Blompier is making his wrestling daily uh, debut. I'm planning to do a little reverse Mania. So, QuizzleMania fans, please get involved. I'm going to put this goddamn man to the test. Uh, until Ooh. then, please have a good weekend, guys. Like, share, subscribe, all that good stuff. Make sure you help this channel grow to its potential. And until then, we will see you later here on Wrestling Daily. Bye bye.
0: Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things.